0: America, my name is Amiel Say I come to you live every Monday and Thursday. Monday, I do a more relationship show. Thursday, I do a more politics show. And today, I'm going to tell you how feminism killed families, and it's not obvious, right? So, in theory, the idea that women should be treated as equals actually works, and it's it's true, right? But in the workplace, are we talking about women doing the same jobs? Women being roofers and HVAC people. Um, at the rates of men and working on oil rigs and all that stuff that men do trash collectors all that stuff and um all that stuff that men do and insofar as they are they should be and insofar as we suppress wages that women do historically but are still important things we inappropriately suppress those wages um that should be got uh, gotten rid of right so we need to look at All forms of occupational segregation um, and look about and ask ourselves why women aren't doing these things and why men aren't doing those things, right? So, those kinds of questions are actually healthy. Now, in the household, it gets a little bit tricky because it's not obvious what men do, right? So, if you want equality in the household and you just pretend that men don't do anything except maybe provide a check that they, they get outside of the household. Then, if a woman has her, you know, has enough money and doesn't uh, doesn't depend on the man's check, then it seems like ripe for divorce. Why not? He's just dead weight. Get rid of that guy. What else is he contributing? If all if all men contribute, if if all men contribute is equal and the same uniform to what women contribute in the household, then why not get rid of that guy? The problem is. People who are socialized into gender actually contribute different things, right? So when we kick out men from the household in a gender normative household, in uh, people who've been socialized with like severe gender identities, we actually lose what men as social that that aspect of household labor and thought and responsibility and activity that, that men contribute, which often is like in terms of raising children, it's actually structuring the raising of children, right? So it actually, um, like, I don't, I'm not one of these cats who think that mothers are particularly great parents. I think their mothers are, might be good mothers sometimes, but I don't think they're particularly great parents. I don't think fathers are particularly great parents either um, as fathers. I think they have a structural advantage because at least they're trying to prepare kids for the world that they know, (laughs) Uh, um, uh, as opposed to mothers preparing kids for a world that they only hear about in a way that's, um, that's a little bit dubious. So I I don't think any gendered parent is particularly good um, at the job without the other. The problem is women who don't think, or the feminists who told women that there is no complementary. Um, uh, there's no complimentary activity that men do in the household and and then they're surprised where their kids are kind of useless (laughs) a lot of single moms are raising useless kids and they're surprised why they're useless and or like actively pernicious and the thing is you didn't know what conventionally guys contributed to the household when you kicked out their father and now their kid is without a father right and that like that that sphere of education that conventionally men have um you know delivered into the household you didn't think it feminists told you that it doesn't exist um and somehow you got in the con, con, the eye the conception that all household labor was was cooking cleaning and feeding and looking after kids as if they were brute animals so if you just kind of you know made sure that they were uh fed and cleaned um then you did your job. Then nature would take its course. The problem is we live in an artificial world that was made often by men and um, that you didn't prepare your kid for, right? So you took away their father and then you took away their way to navigate the world in a very profound manner and also casual about divorce. And if you can't trust, I mean, let's be honest, this whole idea of irreconcilable differences is is a form of child abuse with respect to... um, Children, because you're telling children that reason can't hold institutions together. We can't work it out. Like, reason can't hold institutions together. And if reason can't hold institutions together, why should they listen to any of your reasons? <laughs> right? Like, you're, you're, you're a living example that reason can't hold institutions together. So the kid's going to have a basic distrust of all institutional relations. Um, oh, I. If they trust institutions, it's not going to be based on the reasoning of those institutions because you're realizing a model that says reason can't hold institutions together. <laughs> like, so yeah, forms of child abuse, casual divorce is forms of child abuse all the way around. I've already done an issue about casual divorce. I, what I want to do this um, episode on is the contribution that conventional men have given to the household. And I'm not a fan of conventional masculinity. I'm not, and I'm definitely not a fan of conventional femininity. Both of them, I think, could go to the birds. But... Conventional women thinking that they could raise kids without conventional men is what leads to a lot of useless kids um, because we, you are overlooking the labor and the risk and the activity and the education that was being dispensed by conventional manhood. And, you know, it's not just that these 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 conventional women who then, like, get liberated and divorce their um, spouses, they can't raise girls, they can't raise boys because this idea that, like, girls women can women who are gendered, uh, like, with a strong gender identity as women can raise girls. It's just ridiculous because women aren't honest with women about what it is to be a woman. (laughs) And they can't raise guys because guys deal, they can't raise guys to be men because they don't know what conventional, they haven't been in those spaces and the pressure in those spaces. And they aren't, they can't even raise guys to be with women because once again, women aren't honest with Women about what women want. So it's just a disaster. And if you have a conventional gender ideology, I strongly suggest you stay married for the good of the kids because, like, parenting is a full time activity and, 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 um, and, yeah, for a few reasons, Well, you, you know, I might do a whole episode on the irreconcilable differences part, because that's actually important. If you're divorcing for irreconcilable differences, you're teaching a your kid that reason can't hold an institution together. Um, and the kids need, like, a unity of the household in order to, like, to, to, to understand who they are relative to who they're immediately connected to relative to the rest of the world. So if you can't, if you're not sustaining a household for, um, for, uh, because, like, reason can't, you can't think through how to work out the problems to sustain a household. Don't expect your kid to be able to think through any other sort of problems. So they'll lean on all these other non-rational uh, ticks to, to get through their life, and maybe that's the way you want to raise your kid, but I, I, I want to raise my kids to be able to reason through their problems. And so they have to know that reason solves problems. Right. So... Uh, the uh, the point of equality in the household when you just ignore the particular gendered labor that men did and women were just looking at their situation saying that, like, well, I'm doing all the work and as long as I can get money, then I, like... Um, there's no, there's, since there isn't a qualitative difference between what I'm bringing to the table and what he's bringing to the table, except he brings money. Once I figure out a way to get money, I can just kick out the dude because children don't need fathers or whatever conventional men have brought to the household, but it turns out that children do need fathers and whatever conventional men have brought to the household. Right? And obviously, or maybe it's not obvious, I want to get rid of all of these gender identities. I'm not a fan of conventional womanhood or conventional manhood. I'm, I'm but the thing is I see how they work together what I'm not a fan of is conventional womanhood pretending that conventional manhood doesn't, doesn't uh, offer uh, any particular qualitative contribution, both to the world and doing the jobs that conventional women don't do, and to the household in doing the jobs that conventional women don't do. For example, I don't really care if I'm liked by other parents in a way that's good for my parents. My kids are really good because I don't care if I'm liked by other parents. Um, I don't even care if I'm liked by my kids. And it turns out that parents who do care if they're liked by their kids aren't the best parents. And one of the reasons why I don't care if I'm liked by either other parents or even liked by my kids is because I am not a conventional woman. <laughs> conventional women tend to care about those things in a way that I do not. Um, uh, and it and Turns out my kids like me. Uh, other parents fear me, which they should. And uh, i that's just how that's just how it is. But I am that way. One of the reasons I'm that way is because I haven't been um, socialized to be a conventional woman. And in America, conventional woman reads white. Um, and conventional man reads white too. But that's that's a problem for different reasons. But those gender ideologies can't are meant to work in a complementary fashion. Now they're meant to work in a complementary fashion in, in like an awful part of a race game too. So like, that's that's not good. But uh, this illusion that conventional fathers, conventional men in the United States, do not contribute to their household um, because all work in terms of household labor was done by women. And so if they can get the monetary contribution by conventional men, then they don't actually need conventional men. That is a form of child abuse. Um, it overlooks the qualitative difference between what, you know, even bad fathers, <laughs> you know, even like 50s fathers, father knows best. The, the, the show was called Father Knows Best um, because, you know, Ward was supposed to, Ward Cleaver, is that? No, I believe it to be. Anyway, the, the dad was supposed to actually contribute knowledge if he didn't, like, vacuum. Like, he might not have vacuumed and done dishes, but he's supposed to contribute knowledge. So what happens when you kick out that father? Well, you get, you know, a clean house with no knowledge. And then when kids ask questions, you know what they don't get at the end? Knowledge, right? And so um, a lot of good single moms feel like they did their job they cooked they clean, they kept their kids clean. They they cooked their clean, they kept their kids fed. But um, it turns out that they couldn't provide the knowledge that was they didn't know, they didn't respect was uh, contributed by the father. So the kids ends up the kid ends up um, a problem or some variety of waste so I'm gonna hit the opening and then uh look at some of the people who I suspect are yelling at me at chat for saying what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sound good to me. Never change the ways for the world or the government. If it was a the president, then I was taking facts. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black and it can no feature in your <laughs> front. So, if you're just coming now, the highlights are that we didn't know that men were contributing particular, um, we didn't know that men had a particular practical contribution to the household in terms of raising children and even like the managing of the household in other ways. And so the discourse of equality conflated conventional women's work with conventional men's work and then just said all work was women's work. So, if women could so what happened if if women could figure out a way to get the monetary um uh, contribution that was uh, that was supposedly contributed by men as a sole contribution to the household then they didn't really just need men so you had a form of feminism that just told women that like unless they really like the guy they don't really need him the kids don't really profit for them um if, if they can afford not to have them then might as well just not have them um, because they don't contribute anything that you don't also contribute But it turns out that conventional women only had a partial understanding of both the world and their contribution to it and their contribution to the household. And so uh, you kicked out all these fathers and now we're surprised. Uh, And now you're horrified by the idea that maybe your kids would have done better um, had, had you not kicked out their father, which is true and it's your fault. Um, But it's both your fault because, you know, you filed the paperwork, but it's not your fault because you were sold a bill of goods. Um, You were sold a bill of goods that you even had the disposition to do what. Uh, conventional fathers did. maybe you by the time you know you're in your 30s or 40s you are so far into your gender ideology you don't even have the disposition to do what really good fathers would do you don 't have the discipline disposition to come up with like the vision and the plan and the and the uh, the, the, the discipline and not being liked by other people that just might not be your cultivated disposition by now except that's what children need and under the ideology, it would have been supplied by the guy you felt casual kicking out because now you don't need his money. So you kicked him out because you don't need his money, but it turns out he, was, he would have been contributing other things that you didn't think were important at the time, but it turns out your kid could have profited from. Right? so this partial understanding of conventional gender roles in the household led to you make, making bad decisions about um, what your household needs and just like we have a, a partial understanding of conventional gender roles in society. We don't really have a worked out understanding of why women don't do some of these dirty jobs that men do <laughs> on road crews and stuff. Like we don't really, and the, the, the quality of attitude and disposition that goes in to being willing to do some of those dirty jobs. So we can talk about equality, but not, but kind of paper over the fact that um, we're not talking about some of the harder harder jobs that you know women don't want to do right and and there's this assumption that it's a complete inverse in the household that it's men who don't want to do the harder jobs in the household um but and it's women who are already doing the harder job so if you just kick out the men all you'll get is like the easier job of whatever they contributed to the household but it turns out what if they were also contributing the harder job in the household just uh you know not the obvious one what if like you know a lot of people out there kids could have done better with a father um and you just didn't think that the father's contribution was was important but yet you didn't understand that you were socialized in your gender identity as a woman and that only gave you a partial view of the problem and the work right nobody says nobody's stupid enough to say that children don't need their mother nobody's children enough, but yet people feel pretty casual about the idea that children might not need their father. Um, And yeah, I, I just, I, I think I, that's a pernicious identity insofar, that's a pernicious ideology insofar as we're not honest about the gendered work and expectation that goes into like raising functional kids. And so we assume. And, you know, this is different because this changes from ethnicity and, and culture. Because, like, you know, women in the United States, even if they're from other places, are completely are, are different about this. American women are really ridiculous with respect to the hypocrisies and, of, and, and not being honest about the entitlements that go along. Because American femininity was infantil- infantilized so that womanhood got... Um, uh, Associated with needing to be protected from, honestly, black men. Right, so we infantilize womanhood in general in the colonial West, but in America in particular. So, like, we have grown women who are just infants who are, un, un, like, and like as part of their gender identity, um they they are they don't have the the quality of maturity that other women who haven't been infantilized in order to keep a, like a racial hierarchy. Um, like, so, so that's, that's, that's one kind of problem with feminism in the United States context Our women have been particularly infantilized because they, we needed a class of people, um, who always needed to be protected. And then we, so we could deputize a class of people, white men who would always be their protectors and who were they protecting against. This is all a strategy to legitimize racial violence and keep subordinate populations subordinate, right? So we infantilize women as part of a racial strategy in the, in the colonial West. And you look at other women and they're not, guess, as infantilized for the same reason. Or if they are infantilized, they are infantilized for a different sort of like, imperialist strategy to to make an ethnic demarcation right so and if you're aspiring to womanhood that means you're kind of aspiring to the quality of infantilization like there's no reason for uh you know any woman to expect like their husband to make more in today's economy <laughs> like you're expected to be an infant um so make more money outside like there there, there is no like that's So there are complications in gender aspirations, um, gendered aspirations in the United States. And that gets even, and that makes the the feminism bullet bite even deeper because we have infant women who have been infantilized in order to, uh, as a part of their gender identity, then taking care of kids who then treat kids like puppies. And then a surprise when their kids magically have ADD or magically like have some sort of other diagnosis or get some other problem, which, you know, comes down to just you were just a bad parent and you, you just thought you confused being nice with parenting. A lot of teachers confuse being nice with teaching. A lot of parents confuse being nice with parenting. And then you're surprised when your kid's useless because you never actually took the job seriously. Or you didn't even know what it took to be the job seriously because you were infantilized, or you're raising your daughter to themselves being infantilized, but then you're obnoxio- you annoyed by them because guess what, infant girls are obnoxious. Or you and you have no idea what to do with your son, so now you just give him a diagnosis and a bunch of pills. So like I've seen all of these kind of play out in America, with and it's all kind of governed by the notion that women as parents know what they're doing, and, and whatever contribution the toxic male was, uh, whatever ideological contribution the toxic male was giving to the household, was not actually relevant and important. But it turns out that there was an alchemy that made functional households. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not, I'm not pro... You know, infantilized femininity and toxic masculinity making a functional household. But I do. But I'm also not pro like the infantilized woman deciding that for her own liberation, um, she she should just kick out the toxic male that she like got impregnated by and now uh, screw up their kids. Because I'm just not convinced that infantilized women know enough to you know be good parents without the other uh, the other part contributing. The, the the male contributing so i hope this has been um useful i hope this has been uh I hope this has been useful um i will talk to you and for for some people who say that you know uh it's men who who leave well you know 90 percent of divorces, of college-age people, like, it's women initiating. And I think it's, like, 60 to 70 percent of non-college-educated people. So it's, this is mostly, like, women thinking that um, it's mostly thinking that women thinking that they don't need men, and women thinking that their children doesn't need a full-time father. It's just a casual attitude with that. And I'm saying that's actually child abuse, and an ideology of child abuse. We don't talk about it as child abuse, but it is it is. It's a form of child abuse. Casual divorce is a form of child abuse. Thinking um, and the amount of hubris that goes into like assuming that you know all that it is, all that there is to, to raise a kid, knowing that you've been like gender socialized into like huge, huge black holes is really is really unfortunate. All right. Thank you for your time. I will uh, or blind spots. I will see you on Thursday talking about something completely different. Take care.